Hello, and welcome, lawyers, to another episode of the Wildly Successful Law Firm podcast. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about non-legal writing for lawyers. This is basically my begging you not to use words like navigate and unique and settlement and damages and everything else that you use that you think is a great word to use, it's really not. So before I go into all of that, which is definitely something that you're going to want to listen into, I have another ask of all of you. Now, I know I'm a consultant and I work with a lot of consultants and coaches and CPAs and other professional service advisors. My ask is that you not ghost us because you're not ready to work with us. There is nothing worse than spending 30, 45 minutes on a call with an attorney, with a doctor, with with anyone, but for me specifically, it's attorneys and doctors, and having them sound so interested in working with you and you send a follow-up and you send another follow-up and you send another follow-up and they don't respond. But here's the thing. They're actually checking your emails because you can see that they have read your emails. They're just choosing not to respond to you. Y'all, this is not dating where it's okay to ghost people. You're a service professional talking to another service professional. If you don't want to work with them, just say, now is not a good time for us to work together. Thank you so much for the time. Don't just not fucking respond. That is not okay. I have talked to a lot of coaches and a lot of consultants who get this from attorneys. And listen, you are an adult. You are capable of saying no thank you. It is not okay to ghost people. It is really hard for us when we spend time on our calendar and you don't respond. Put yourself in our shoes and imagine a client not responding to you, but you can see that they've left you on red and they're just choosing actively not to respond. Now, for clients who have done this to me, I will not work with them. When they are ready and they reach out to me again a month, two months, three months later, I politely decline the opportunity to work with them. I say, you know, I just don't think it's going to be a good fit for us to work together. So if you've ever gotten one of those emails from me, then odds are you probably did something to that effect uh, where you just didn't respond to my emails. I will tell you in the last year, I've had five attorneys do that to me just didn't respond to my email. And it's absurd to me that you're reading my email and all I'm saying is, hey, would you like to move forward or not? If not, that's absolutely okay. If it's not a hell yes, then we don't have to work together. It's not a, when do you want to start? Next week, next Thursday, next... I mean, I'm not creating pressure situations like that for people. And there's still no response. So... Again, shocking to me that adults who own businesses behave this way. And if you are someone who has treated someone else this way, please don't do that. 
It's really not polite. And it might come back and bite you in the ass later because everything is built on relationships. And that coach might tell someone else, might come and tell me, oh, you know, I talked to so-and-so last year and they just never even responded. So uh, be careful, you know, with working with them because they might start working with you and then become a total pain in the ass later. In which case, for most of us who are coaches and consultants, we're not desperate in looking for work. Uh, we are very clear about the people that we want to work with and the people that we want to help. And you just, you don't want to get that reputation of being that person. We all know those attorneys. I don't want you listening to this podcast to be that person. Okay, that was my PSA for right now. Uh, Let's get into today's episode. And it's all about non-legal writing for lawyers. This is a document. It's a PDF. It is a guide that I created for lawyers. It is supposed to help you write faster and write more clearly. But I think the most special thing about this document is that as lawyers, we learn through examples. Even in law school, we had case study after case study after case study, and we we're looking at precedent and we were looking at facts and why did it work out one way in this case and something completely different in another case where these facts may have been mostly similar. We're looking for the fact patterns to allow us to create precedents and bright line rules and things like that. So we are really good at learning from examples. And this document, Non-Legal Writing for Lawyers, has over 50 examples of not just what not to do when you are writing things, but also what you should do when writing things. Now, in this document, I am literally going through and redlining the things that I see on the internet, people's public Instagram posts. And when I say people, I mean attorneys, they are posting all sorts of garbage out there. And I'm going through and I'm hiding all of their names. (laughs) So all you're seeing is just the content itself. And I'm going through and I am redlining. Why did you use this word? What does this mean? Why are you saying this? So that you can understand what you are doing wrong. When you are creating your Instagram content, your website content, your webinar content, any content that you're doing is so legal jargony. And I have literally never met anyone who searches for the term the way that you think that people search for terms. No one is searching on the internet for wrongful termination. Instead, they are searching for what to do when you get fired in Virginia. That is what they're searching for. Wrongful termination is a legal word. Yet everything I see on Instagram is legal jargon damages, settlement, 
why don't you just say, we won the case for the client? $50,000. The insurance company was difficult. Instead of the insurance company didn't want to settle, you can say the insurance company was difficult and didn't want to pay. Settle is a legal word. So many of you use legal words in your Instagram content. And then you wonder why your engagement is low. You wonder why people don't want to hire you. You get really caught up in these sort of things that you think people know, but they don't, right? So a lot of trademark attorneys will say, secure your brand. What is a brand and what does it mean to secure a brand? You have got to use simple language, right? So many people are using these trendy terms like navigating and building a legacy and generational wealth. But honestly, what does that even mean? You are just using this trendy term, And I get that you're using it because you think a lot of people are using it right now, but the trendy term doesn't actually explain anything. Generational wealth, if you asked me what that meant, I would just look at you with a blank face. And it's not because I'm fucking stupid. It's just because the term generational wealth literally means nothing, okay? It is, it's not clear But what is clear is when you say, leaving your house for your kids, leaving your jewelry for your kids, leaving the land that you own for your kids, that is so much more clear than using the term generational wealth, right? So I know that. You're not doing this intentionally. You're not trying to confuse people. Uh, You're definitely not trying to confuse people on Instagram or people who visit your website, but you are. And that is the unintentional effect of you using your legal jargon. Listen, they didn't go to law school. They didn't spend three years in school and then studying for a very difficult exam and then spending multiple years in this one practice area. You have learned what catastrophic means. You know how catastrophic is different from a serious injury. Yet, I see the words catastrophic and serious on so many personal injury websites. And I just don't understand why you would use such legal words for people who are visiting your website who need help without using the more simple words, right? And I'm not saying that your clients are stupid. What I am saying is that You need to use the example of an eight-year-old kid. If an eight-year-old doesn't understand what you're saying, then odds are that your clients don't and potential clients don't. Does that mean that you only work with eight-year-olds? No. What I am saying 
is that if you want people to stop scrolling, if you want people to just pick up the phone and call you, then you have to make sure that the words on your website, the words on your Instagram page, the words in your Instagram bio are clear and easy to read. People are busy. They don't want to spend time trying to deconstruct what catastrophic means versus what serious means versus what settlement means versus what negligence means, right? Like these are not words that should ever be in any of those public places. You want to use simple language so that people who are busy can quickly in two seconds understand exactly what you mean and exactly what you do. And it is my personal belief that most of you don't get hired because you are using really flowery language rather than using the language that is understandable for your clients. And that doesn't mean speaking their language, especially if they don't only speak English. What I'm saying is don't use settlement. Say we won the case. That is so much more clean and understandable for everyone, no matter if they went to law school or not. I'm going to give you an example here. If you have ever read the book Harry Potter, compare any of the Harry Potter books to anything that's ever been written by Hemingway. Now, Hemingway is a great author. A great American author has written some amazing works, right? And will always be in the history of time as one of the greatest authors and as one of the greatest storytellers and one of the greatest writers. However, can you imagine what would have happened to Harry Potter if it was written with the same kind of style that Hemingway wrote? kind of bigger words, SAT words. Harry Potter is written at a sixth grade level. It is very easy to read for adults and for children. It is why it became one of the best-selling books of all time. J.K. Rowling, not just the fact that she's written seven books, but the fact that her book appeals to adults and children is what has allowed it to be a best-selling book. Not only that, but the writing style that she chose is very simple and easy to read, and it doesn't matter what your age group is. Imagine if Hermione and Harry and Rupert were, were Ron, were uh, written in the style of Hemingway. The book would not have been as popular. The story would still be great, but the writing would just be so dense. It would be so hard. You wouldn't just keep flipping pages because you would keep going back and trying to figure out what does this word mean? I have no idea. It's really big. It's really confusing. So I really want you to think about your client. Think about your customer. I'm not saying that they are stupid. They are incredibly smart. However, you don't want to use words that don't make sense to someone who hasn't gone to law school. Use the eight-year-old test. 
And this is one of the things that I talk about in a lot of the red lines that I have made in non-legal writing. Now, I have to be honest, I think my favorite part of non-legal writing is at the end where I'm helping you understand how you can actually write things faster. Whether that's for LinkedIn, whether it's for your newsletter, whether it's for your website, whatever that is, we can often get so stuck with writing when we just see a blank page. Think about the contracts that you have, the briefs that you have, the motions that you have, the petitions that you have. They are all templates, right? You probably got them from another law firm. I know lawyers who ask other lawyers all the time, hey, do you have a template for this? Do you have a template for this kind of a demand letter? Do you have a a, a motion that I can work off of, a motion for you know an in-camera inspection or whatever that is? You're going to ask someone else. You are never going to start that thing from scratch. And not only that, but think about uh, things like practical law. They charge hundreds of dollars a month so that you can have access to templates, right? Templates are really good for attorneys. It is, it's how you live. It's how you've been modeled, right? Now, in non-legal writing, what I'm going through and I'm showing you is that having a blank page, not having a template is one of the hardest places to start. And the reality is that as lawyers, we are so much better when we speak rather than when we write. Once we start to write, we start getting in our heads. I'll be honest, this is part of the reason why I love the podcast is because speaking, it just flows for me. Everything just comes out. I make the most minimal notes imaginable for my podcast, and I can end up with 15, 20, 30-minute episodes just based on five lines. And it truly is because all of our training has been for speaking. I was in moot court. I know a lot of people were in moot court. And it really just is a better way for you to think, not just sitting there with a blank page. Now, this can even be true for emails. I know so many of you have tough emails that you have to write. You've got to tell clients, oh my God, we lost this case. Oh my God, we dropped the ball, whatever that thing is. And you will just sit there with a blank page. Instead of just speaking what the thing is that you want to say, and then getting a transcript of it, and then putting it into the email. That is so much easier than you sitting down and typing out a 15-paragraph email, which by the way, I get a lot of 15-paragraph emails. I don't understand why you will spend the time to write a 15-paragraph email. You might think that you write faster than you speak, but that's not true. You actually speak a lot faster than you write. If I tried to write any of this stuff that I'm thinking, it would take me hours to write a podcast template. And it's just completely inefficient and ineffective given 
that we have a limited amount of time as lawyers and we need to get the most bang from every minute that we are spending doing something. So in non-legal writing, I show you the steps, exactly what you need to do to be able to speak things, get a transcription, copy and paste it into SEO, into LinkedIn content, into blogs for your website, into a newsletter, whatever it is, I'm showing you exactly how to do that. So take a look at non-legal writing. It is linked below. Um, Right now I'm offering it for $100. That price may or may not go up. I'm not 100% sure, but I I always want to give like the upfront disclosure of this is what it is right now, but I can't guarantee that it's going to be this forever. I'm not trying to be slimy and tell you buy it now before the prices go up. I just am doing this out of transparency. And I think it's better for you to get it sooner rather than later so that you can stop using jargony language and losing clients and having them just completely eyes glazed over during your consults. So again, non-legal writing is linked below. If you have any questions, reach out to me. I hope you take a look at it and I will see you in the next episode. Thank you, lawyers.